Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perik Yutes, Pasuk Aleph. And if ever there was a triumphant, happy ending of a Perik in Malachim, yesterday Yudches was it, albeit short-lived, as we are going to see. We saw Eliyahu conduct a complete triumphant defeat of the Baal. Their 450 Nabiim reigned against him, the competing Mizbeachs, and there was no question as to the result. The fire comes down on Eliyahu, the priests of the Baal are seized, and even the Mephoshim say killed by Eliyahu himself. And now Eliyahu is triumphant. The people of B'nai Yisrael speak as one in terms of tshuva to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And even Achav, Melech Achav, that icon of malevolence and Avodah Zorah, is said to have made a complete tshuva, so much so that Eliyahu accompanies him home back to his palace uh, in a display of kibbutz malchus, respect for royalty. And so we begin there in Yudtes, assuming it's the morning after, and Ahav's joy and enthusiasm and awe is unrestrained. And so he shares it with his royal consort, Izebel, and that's where we pick it up. Everything Elio did, and he says it with such wonderment, how he killed the Notice there are three times the expression call appear in the sentence. Uh, the Mephoshim say that one is for the miracle itself of the fire consuming Eliyahu's uh, sacrifice. Two, Eliyahu personally at his advanced age killing every one of the 450 Nabiim Habal. The total defeat, the establishment or reestablishment of the Kaddish Baruch Hu as being the only true God and that Israel is just wasting its time and realizes it uh, over the bomb. Unfortunately, as we're going to see, Izebel does not share her husband's enthusiasm. She sends a messenger to him, Lemar. So may he continue to do and even add more to it. He got a smachar. If at this time tomorrow, Osim your life will be like those lives of the priests of the Baal. In other words, it's a death threat, or is it? Because think, why wouldn't she just execute it now? Why give him a day at least to run away? If not for the fact that Mephoshim say she doesn't want to kill him, or she feels she can't kill him for whatever reason, the optics, her husband, popular um, uh, 
dissent that would be against what she would do Relio. So she wants him out. She wants him to go into exile, just get out of Eretz Yisrael, and she wants to be rid of him. After everything that she's just heard, why would she assume that she can chase him away? Good question. Because, and the Mephoshim point this out, Achav really was sort of a weak king, but Achav was brought up, he's a Jew, and some say he was a very practicing Yerushalayim, despite the Baal worship. She was a pagan. She was brought up in pagan culture, pagan society. She couldn't care less. She couldn't care less about Eliyahu and his God and who's the real God. She was absolutely steeped in paganism, and she just wants him out. She's worried that, yes, she's going to lose her target audience, being her subjects now, and just get out of here. So, by Yar, and some say by Yar could mean by Yira, he was afraid. By Yochum, by Yelech, El Nafsho, he flees for his life. Elio, by Yovo Beersheba, he comes to Beersheba, Asherle Yehuda, which is in the territory of Yehuda. He goes out of Er Yisrael into the uh, two tribes of Yehuda, by Yonachas Narashon. And he leaves his attendant there, the Mephoshim says his attendant will be, as we will see, his successor, Elisha, and he's going on further. He does another day's journey into the desert. He sits under a... Rashi defines it's a, a juniper tree, a very small, tiny tree. And he asks the Kaddish Baruch Hu to kill him. He wants to die. By Yomer, Rabba to Hashem, enough take my life, he I am no better than my father's. He is asking to give it, he wants to die, period. So we see that's similar to Moshe in a way, where Moshe says, after the Egel, erase me from your books. But the Mephoshim point out some very key differences. Do not get carried away with this comparison to Moshe, and it's not in Eliyahu's favor, the comparison. Moshe, what he was doing was a tefillah. Moshe was begging the Kodesh Baruch Hu to give B'nai Yisrael, erase me from the books. And we see that in Parshas Tetzaveh, uh, Moshe's name doesn't appear. That's sort of the compliance. But Moshe's motives was seeking redemption for B'nai Yisrael. Eliyahu, the Mephoshim tell us at this point, is a broken man. He is absolutely broken, and we're going to see. He's in it, and he goes under the uh, juniper tree. The Malach no and an angel touches him, sort of a symbol that to get his attention. Vayomerlo kum echol, get up and eat. Vayabet vehinei sub, he sees right underneath him at the tree, ugas ritzafim, a delicious cake, 
cold and baked. It had to be miraculous. Mayim, a flask of water. He takes some of it, he drinks, he reclines, and under the tree. The Malach comes back the second time. Notice that it's no longer Malach, but Malach Hashem, because he's about to send him on a divinely commanded journey. Shane is, he comes the second time, by Yigabo, touches him, by Yomer, Kumechol, get up, eat, finish. You have got a long derech before you. Um, one thing again, the Mephoshim point out, and uh, we will come to that. By Yochum, by Yochel, by Yishta, he gets up, eats, and drinks. By Yelech, by Koach, Achila, Ahi, Arbaim Yom, the Arbaim Laila, Adhar Elohim With that food intake, the second as a energizer, he now goes 40 days. And 40 nights, it's enough to sustain him. And he goes, that is Mount Sinai. So the question is, did he know he was going? Did he decide he was going? Did he go forth there uh, on his own? Or did the Kaddish Baruch Hu mandate that he goes? We also see another unfavorable comparison to Moshe, that Moshe fasted. The 40 days and 40 nights. He got well stocked uh, with enough food to sustain him for 40 days. By Yovosham El Hamara, he comes there to the cave. The cave, with that preposition, indicates it's a specific cave, and it is the specific cave where Moshe entered in order to be able to see the corporeal being, Kaviyocho, of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, to see him, Ponim El Ponim. And so Elio is drawn to that cave by Yolan Sham, he sleeps there. Binej Var Hashem And the Kaddish Baruch Hu appears to him in a dream. By Yomelo, Malacha Po Elio, what are you doing here? As the Rams uh, Radak says, Tama Shela Trilas Dvarim. Uh, it's a, a sort of a conversational gambit to elicit from him his, his state of mind. Or it could be, what are you doing here? You're the Navi of Israel. You should be there, not wandering in the desert. But Yomer and Eliel gives him this answer. I have been a zealot to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Elokates va'os. Uh, the Kaddish uh, Barbaki, Azvu Bliska. They have left your covenant, B'nai Yisrael. They have broken your altars. They have killed your Nevi'im Becharev with sword. I am left alone. And now I am asking you to take my life. Again, a totally broken man. He wants out. He has been destroyed by this mission. And notice, of course, the similarity of language Kano Kinesi. I have been zealous in my zealotry. And this is reminiscent. This is Pinchas. And we learned Midrashim when we began this Indian that he might have been, as the Mephoshim say, a Gilgal, a reincarnation of Pinchas. And 
that is no coincidence then that this parak yutes in Malachim Aleph is the Haftarah. It is the Mahdir for the Sedra of Pinchas. But there's a very important difference here. He, as opposed to Moshe, Moshe is a Tzvila. His complaint to the Kodesh Baruch Hu is vengeance. He wants vengeance on B'nai Israel. He doesn't want their salvation or redemption. As we said, he's a bitter, destroyed man. Interestingly, Mephoshim sees on the fact the Azlu Brischa, they have left their covenant as a literal telling over to the Kaddish Baruch they don't even do bris milah. He's speaking on, on the people of Israel. And as a punishment for that, that is why we have at every bris, the Kisei Eliyahu, uh, a covenant that, in other words, Eliyahu must come to every bris in Israel because of this um, canard against B'nai Israel that they don't keep the bris. Vayomer, save Amata Bahar. He's going to give him a vision. Go out and stand at the mountain with Nei Hashem, and God will appear to you. And there is a destructive wind that goes by Eliyahu, smashing the mountains, breaking rocks with Nei Hashem, uh, but there is nothing to be seen in there in terms of the spirit of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Then there is earthquake, tremors, noise. Nor can he find the Kaddish Baruch Hu in the earthquake. Even more destructive, fire. And after the age, that beautiful phrase, daka, a small, silent voice. And what he is saying here, the Kaddish Baruch Hu, is don't look for me in the destructive forces of life. That is not the nature of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the wind, the fire, the earthquake. Rather, the Kaddish Baruch Hu appears in a small, silent voice. That is the way you have to approach B'nai Yisrael. That is the way the Gedolim say we've got to approach our fellow Jews, our Bali Tshuva. You don't give Tochacha screaming and yelling and pounding with all the storm and drang of, you know, the destructive forces of nature. You speak softly, slowly with forgiveness. He covers his face with his cloak. He goes outside in front of the cave. And now the Kodesh Baruch Hu appears. Again, that same question. What are you doing here, Elio? As opposed to, why aren't you with the people being misnabe by Yomer? And he answers the same way, Elio. And what's troubling is he hasn't really impacted anything from this or internalized anything. He is still seeking a vengeance. By Yomer Kane Konisi Lashem, I have been a zealot, elocates for Oz, Ki Ozmu Brischa, he repeats that accusation. They have left your covenant, B'nai Israel. Esmiz Bachocha Harasa, word for word. They have 
destroyed your uh, altars. I am left alone. I want you to take my life. And so, Kaddish Baruch who realizes this man is burnt out, he is totally destroyed, his value, as we will see, is in the end of history, in the end of days. It is time to replace him. It is time to accede to his wishes and let him go. So, by Yomer Hashem love, Lech Shuv go back on your way, Midabra Damesek, go to Damascus. Uvasa Umoshakto es Chazael Lamelech, you will choose Chazael Lamelech al Aram, who is going to be the ruler of Aram. Es Yehu, we will meet him tomorrow. Benimshi, Timshach Lamelech al Yisrael, he will replace Achav as king of Israel. Es Elisha ben Shaphat, may Avel Machola from the town of Avel Machola, Timshach the Navi Tachtecha. Replace him, replace yourself with your top disciple, Elisha. And those, we're going to give you your vengeance against those who do Avodah Zarah. Yehu is we're going to see, is ultimately going to destroy Izevel and the entire house of Acha. Um, and those that they miss, Yomis Elisha. We have no record really of Elisha killing anybody directly, but he says that he will fill up the remainder who have not yet made repentance. The Isharti of Israel, Shiva Salafim, I will leave in Israel 7,000. Those knees that didn't bend to the Baal, and the mouths that did not kiss the icons. By Yelech Misham, he goes, by Yimsa Elisha ben Shafat, who he is in the last twelfth row of a twelve team of oxen that are all harnessed to a yoke. He is the twelfth. Number twelve cannot be attributed to coincidence. It means the tribes of Israel. By Yavar Eliyoh, a love. By Yashlech Arjato, a love. Some say that he passes him and he throws his cape over him. Some say no, he just brushes him with the cape. It's a signal to him, well understood by Elisha. By Yazo Vesabakar, Elisha gets up, leaves this massive wagon, which also shows us, by the way, that he was in his own right, or by family right, a very wealthy man, Elisha. You don't have 12 teams of oxen. Okay, I am going with you. Let me kiss my father, my mother, goodbye. And I will follow you. Go, say goodbye to them. What have I done to you? I'm not sure I'm doing the right thing in taking you from family and from your parnasa. Um, if you wish to follow me, fine. He now comes and takes the wood of all the oxen. He makes a 
massive sacrifice to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, he feeds all the servants of his household, so we see that the torch has been passed, Eliyahu, as per his desires, is relieved of his job as chief Navi, and he goes Elisha after and services him. He is Mishamesh, he is his disciple, and now we are going to see the beginning of the end of the house of Achab and Ezebel tomorrow morning, 8.45. Adkan.